As Russ was finishing up his Ph.D. in 1980 and starting to look at job options, I was pretty sure I'd be happy wherever we ended up. But when he was offered a job in Duluth, I suddenly really had an opinion. Northern Minnesota was home to two chickadees, abundant black-capped chickadees and also boreal chickadees. By the time we moved to Duluth at the end of March 1981, I was pregnant for the first time. We were renting and life was hectic as we looked for a house and dealt with so many major transitions, but my one urgent birding goal was to see a boreal chickadee. So as soon as I met him, I asked Kim Eckert where I could find one. He suggested an easily accessed spot just north of Two Harbors, so Russ and I went there during his lunch hour the very next day. We found a pair quite easily, but they were way high up in a distant spruce tree, and I was going through a nasty bout of morning sickness, so I didn't enjoy the splendid lifer nearly as much as I should have. If only I'd been more patient. On November 17th of that very same year, a boreal chickadee showed up at my peanut butter feeder, and it kept coming for a month. That was as close as I've come to getting a lifer on Peabody Street. The chickadee family originated in the Old World, the first ones reaching America via the Bering Land Bridge during the Pleistocene. The boreal chickadee is most closely related to the gray-headed chickadee, once called the Siberian tit, and to the chestnut-backed chickadee of the West Coast and Pacific Northwest. As boreal forest specialists, boreal chickadees live up to their name. They are usually found in mature coniferous forests, primarily spruce and balsam fir, often near water. Here in Minnesota, except when visiting feeders, they spend most of their time at the tops of spruce trees among the cones. Their brown cap bleeds into their dark back, so despite their longer tail, from a distance at the top of a black spruce, their dark, low-contrast backside makes them look a bit more like a red-breasted nuthatch than a chickadee. They're far less vocal than black-capped chickadees with no whistled songs, and their chickadee calls are quiet and wheezy, making them even harder to notice. Boreal chickadees are hardly typical backyard birds in Duluth. The few times I've had them here, birding guides brought groups to my yard to see them. In the center of their range in Canada, where they're more likely to turn up at feeders, their tolerance of people led to several affectionate nicknames, such as Tom Tit, Chick Chick, and Philidy. Ever since my first encounter with a boreal chickadee in my backyard in 1981, I've noticed that they're attracted to peanut butter. When birders started setting up bird feeding stations at the Saxon Bog, some of them started smearing peanut butter on tree trunks and branches at the Admiral Road feeders, and that became an extremely reliable spot for seeing boreal chickadees. But except when they're right at the feeders, they're hard to pick out even when they're in the nearest trees. 
For some reason, this year, these tiny mites have been hard to find on Admiral Road. Instead, they're showing up at the end of Gray Jay Way, a lovely trail starting at the Saxonbog Welcome Center. I took that hike on Monday, and sure enough, a little group of three showed up a few minutes after I arrived. I planted myself near one feeder, and despite the overcast day's low light, got some lovely photos. Seeing them close up, lovely memories of other encounters flooded into my mind, making me realize yet again that I left someone off my top ten favorite birds of all time. The black-capped chickadee will always be number one, but now the boreal chickadee is up there too in that now 14-way tie for fifth place. For me, to know a bird really is to love it. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.